When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 134. Today's episode is all about truth, lies, and conspiracies. There's going to be a great reveal from this, and it's going to take nine to 12 months for all of us to fully understand, or at least begin to fully understand exactly what's going on right here. There's a chaos at work right now that is affecting agendas as well as people's human emotions. And I think the brilliant thing about the fact that we as a human society are having more people open their eyes to things and go, oh, hang on a second. I'd just like to investigate this before we all agree to sign it into law. That rise in consciousness is vital for this time. If we didn't have these discussions, if this stuff wasn't going around, then how can we possibly reinvent and reinfuse the world that we live in? Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. So right now, we're about five weeks into the mandated lockdown, at least at the time of this recording. As a reminder, if you want early access to these episodes, basically as they come, all you have to do is sign up to be a Mind Love member. Otherwise, you're getting this a couple months later. Well, it's interesting to watch the phases that we go through, both as individuals and as a society. At first, most people were like, okay, we must avoid the impending apocalypse. What can we do? Then, about a month in, everyone's restless, you're more affected by the lockdown than the virus in most cases, and people start pushing back. So now, I'm hearing more people with theories, which some might call conspiracy theories, than I am hearing fear over the actual virus. First, I'm going to say that I don't really love the phrase conspiracy theory because I think it's pretty weighted. It holds a lot of connotations. I prefer alternative theory. And honestly, I think whenever there's a crisis, alternative theories around why this is happening will rise up. Hell, it even happens when there's no crisis. People like feeling like they have insider information. I think they also like having someone to blame. It helps them feel more in control. Well, I'm getting messages daily from people with claims like, this is really the effects of 5G and it's all a government cover-up, or this is a push towards global surveillance, or Bill Gates wants everyone vaccinated and microchipped. And honestly, I'm not going to support or deny any of these claims. I'm the first to say that I don't have enough information to try to influence someone here. And there were plenty of things that seemed like a far-fetched conspiracy that eventually made headline news. Think Edward Snowden, or Project Sunshine, or MKUltra, or some events in the Vietnam War, or when the government poisoned alcohol to keep people from drinking during Prohibition. Yeah, all that shit happened. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, hit up Google. I'm either sorry or you're welcome for your next few hours of distraction. Well, anyways, personally, I think it's kind of foolish to deny possibilities just because it's not the story the government or the mainstream media wants to tell. But I am also not going to believe every theory that I hear. And most importantly, I don't like to go down a fear spiral due to claims with no basis at all. And I get it. Feeling that you're privy to forbidden information might give you some kind of certainty or control. But the problem is, in most cases, people are just worsening their own anxiety. There are some really intense alternative theories out there. So remember, just because a storyline has a lot of details, or it could be possible, doesn't mean that it is. At the same time, doesn't mean it isn't. Well, this episode isn't about which theories are true and which theories aren't, or even what I believe. It's about discerning what's true for you and how to decide what to do about it. 
Our guest today is Lee Harris. Lee is a globally acclaimed energy intuitive and transformation teacher. He offers grounded practical teachings focused on helping conscious, intuitive, and sensitive people heal, thrive, and live a better life. His book, Energy Speaks, became an instant bestseller last year. It's also a book that's been really helpful in my own growth, especially lately. Also, he puts out videos that reach hundreds of thousands of people every month called energy update videos, and they have really helped me stay grounded in all of this. Well, I am trying to be really careful of how I curate my information right now. There's a lot of conflicting info, and it's easy to be overwhelmed. So I am consciously choosing to surround myself with higher levels of consciousness, and he is one of my sources. Oh yeah, and he also channels a group of spirit guides called the Z's. So if you wanted a more direct access to source consciousness, you will love this conversation. Three key things we will learn are how to deepen your self-trust to access truth during the chaos, some dark agendas that may be competing with each other, and what's helpful and what isn't when accessing and sharing information. Before we dive in, do you wish you could start each day with some inspiration from a higher source? Just sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational messages right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start their day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. It's kind of like your own personal inspiration oracle. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power lists to help you gain clarity and live each day with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Lee Harris to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Melissa. So first, I have to tell you, your book has been so helpful. I've had a really interesting relationship with your book, Energy Speaks. I uh, have the audiobook, and so I kept starting it, and then I would move to a different book, and then I'd be like, I'm kind of in the mood just to feel better. It was always my book that I'd go to when I wanted to feel better. And then all of a sudden, I'd be at a new chapter that happened to be exactly what I was going through. Like One of them was about letting go of, of being okay with letting go of relationships. Another one was just like focusing on your energy. Another one was about family relationships. So I wanted to start out by just saying thank you for what you're putting out into the world, because especially right now, it's been so helpful. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, as someone who creates things, it's so great when someone says to you, this thing that you put out or created has helped me. So thank you for saying that. And that I'm delighted. And also, especially during this time, you've been doing a lot of uh, different monthly updates and even mid-month updates that have been just really helpful because it's so easy to get stuck in just the news cycles. And then, and then you're on Facebook with everybody's theories about what's going on. And I'm, I always just think in those moments when I feel overwhelmed, I want to surround myself with people that have a deeper connection to their own source. Even if it's their inner wisdom, you speak to guides. And so that's been super helpful to me. And so for listeners who aren't familiar with you, give us a little background on your story and the guides that you channel. Yeah. So I, you know, I was, uh, as a kid, I was very creative. I didn't realize I was very sensitive and intuitive. I had no frame of reference for any of that. So I couldn't really cope with everything that I was feeling from an early age. And it's easy for me to say this now looking back, but at the time I, you know, I wasn't aware any of this was going on. But I developed um, an eating disorder quite young. I was taken to Weight Watchers age 10. Um, I was in and out of diet clinics all through my teens and I would lose weight and then I would eat even more and put it all back on and some more. And um, so it was, it was really the breakthrough for me came when I was in my late teens I went to a far more creative educational establishment. We call it college in the UK, which unlike American college is, is the, usually the ages between 16 and 18. And for me, that was the breakthrough because a few different things happened. I was in the right place for my sensitivity and my creativity, unlike the secondary school I had been to. I was coming to terms with my sexuality. I was no longer 
as haunted as I had been about the idea that I was gay and that that was going to be a huge problem for me. Um, and then what really happened was I opened up to spirit and metaphysics and like a friend would take me to a tarot reading and something would happen in that tarot reading room where my whole body would come alive. And I did not understand what was going on at the time, but now I look back, I was basically beginning to open and awaken. And like most people who awaken, it did not happen for me in an Eckhart Tolle overnight way. Um, it was more a series of breakthroughs and epiphanies that, that took place over years. And because I knew I had a lot of stuff to deal with, um, you know, I had a lot of shame and a lot of self-judgment and a lot around my personal identity that was a bit of a mess. Even though I kind of managed to lose the weight, let go of being a bulimic, um, I, you know, I always think that when you stop the behavior, then you deal with what drove you to the behavior. You know, that's the first step. So I spent many years going to self-development workshops to try and find more happiness. And along the way, um, I heard the voice of my guides. And the irony for me about that is I was a little skeptical about channeling, even though I was open to metaphysics, I was open to tarot, I was open to all this other stuff. But, you know, even in Shirley MacLaine's Out in the Limb book, which was a real pivotal book for me because I'm 44 now, so I was about 19 when I read that. She goes and sees a channeler. And I think if I believed it was all true in that book, it seemed like some mystical, otherworldly, out there thing that surely only happened to a few special people. Well, I was on the London Underground tube train when it happened to me. And like I said, I was not looking to be a channeler. I was not looking to contact my guides. I was very into metaphysics and self-development, but to me, that was the hobby that I did at the weekend that helped me feel happier about my life and perhaps achieve some of my goals. But what I now see is it was a grooming process that everything I was doing was opening me and readying me to hear that voice that day. And how I, how I kind of figured it out when I realized, you know, first you think, oh my God, I'm schizophrenic. I'd better not tell anybody. But what I realized was I was like, well, wow, if I am schizophrenic, this voice is super useful. This is like the cheapest therapist I could have ever found, you know? <laughs> so I started to like ask loads of questions and I did this for months. I would come home from my, my job and I would write all these questions down and Eventually, it progressed to helping the spiritually open friends I had that I would go to workshops with. And yeah, several years later, it became something I started to do as a job, which I could never have conceived. So what is that experience like for you? Is the voice just as clear as if somebody else were in the room? Is it something where your thoughts are just like, this thought seems like it's got a lot of weight to it? Or what is that for other people that might be getting close to experiencing that or maybe have is obvious? Well, there's a few different ways to look at it. So if, if anyone listening knows me and knows my work and has ever seen any of my energy update videos, which are monthly, I, I call it like a weather forecast for the soul. You know, it's, it's kind of me talking about some of the things that are already showing up and that my intuition tells me might show up in the coming weeks for the group who listen. And that's a kind of halfway intuition for me. And that's how I do a lot of my work. It's it's, it's having a sense, a knowing, a feeling, sometimes words and sentences, but it's, it's more working from my very human body and allowing my energy field to just widen and just open enough that I can be sensory enough to things. It, it's a little bit like using your energy field to touch the unseen. So you know when you put your hand on someone's shoulder, you know you've made contact. You're like, oh, I'm touching their shoulder. It's a bit like that with intuition. I think because I've done it for so many years now, I now know exactly how it feels when I'm in the zone. But the channeling is different. The channeling is, is very different for me. It's, it's a very specific location. I hear them. I only ever hear them slightly to the left of my head and above my head. I've never heard them like over on the right or behind me or any of that. And it's literally like a voice I have just got used to hearing. And they rarely interrupt me. Um, they have given me warnings about certain things or, you know, said, oh, you need to prepare. You're going to be leaving this place in six months. And, you know, th those things have happened a few times. But mostly it's when I place my attention and my permission to have a conversation with them, a conversation happens. So the voice always felt normal to me, which I think was the biggest problem. 
because in my head I thought, well, surely this must be, you know, surely I must have, I need to be a raw vegan who has only drunk water for two years and is super pure. You know, that was my perception. And what I realized was I'm like, well, if it can happen to me at the age it happened to me, then whether it's actually contacting your guides or whether it's contacting the voice of your soul or your higher self or the God force or whatever you want to call it, there are different levels to it and there are many steps going all the way up. And I know there is a whole ladder beyond my guides, I'm sure. Um, but I think all of us can get on that ladder and all of us can if we choose to and if it feels right for us and if it proves useful to us, start to place our attention and our focus on that ladder and use that as part of our daily life. So never giving all your power to it, never just doing anything that your intuition tells you to without paying attention to whether or not it's actually working or helpful. Um, I think it's that we have been trained to exclude our intuitive senses. And this is a time where I'm thrilled to see more and more people in whatever way that is for them, starting to include their senses and their intuition and their higher self again. Because I know for me, without it, I was starving. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word MORNING to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. So you believe that this could actually be something that's teachable that somebody can teach you to do? Or is it something that we can just get in touch with on our own? And if so, and either of those, what is the first step to getting a deeper access to our intuition? Because I think that especially now, we're so used to seeking outside of ourselves for the answers, to going to the news, to seeing what our friends think, to being told how to think. And now we're in this time where we might even have more time, at least those of us that aren't stuck at home with kids, but we have a different kind of time. We have a different kind of time to ourselves. So is there a way that we can access that to get on the ladder? I'll give you a really simple exercise. It's something I do at workshops with people. And because I'm in a workshop room with people, they kind of can't really say no. I mean, they could. <laughs> they could sit there and not do it, or they could leave the room. But I'm going to invite all your listeners to you know, press pause when I give you this exercise and actually do it. Because if you don't do it now, you probably won't do it. It will take two minutes. And it's an exercise that if you choose to practice this three, four, five, six times a week, it will be a game changer for you in terms of accessing your higher self and the voice of your soul. Grab a piece of paper and a pen or a book, or if you prefer to write on a computer screen, you know, pull up a, a document page or something on your computer or use your notes if you have an iPhone and just write the sentence, what does my soul want to tell me?
today? What does my soul want to tell me today? Question mark. And then just sit with that sentence and take 60 seconds, two minutes, three minutes, however long it takes to just let yourself write down what you hear in your mind, in your higher mind. Don't analyze it. Don't think, is this my mind? Because of course your mind is involved at some level. It's translating. But just trust that you let the words flow onto the page or the computer screen. What does my soul want to tell me today? So this is the point where I'll stop for a second so that everyone can press pause and do it, and then we'll come back. Okay, so we didn't go anywhere, Melissa, but hopefully people pressed pause and, and did this. And it, without being in the room with you know all of you listening to be able to answer questions, a few different things happen when you do this. Some people get very emotional and it brings up an emotion in them, just the feeling of that contact or the words that are said to them. One of the hardest things to get used to when you start doing this or one of the skeptical elements that come in is you think, well, am I making this up? And I always say, of course you're making it up. You're the one that just willed it into life. So on some level, you're willing it into creation. So yeah, an aspect of you is making it up. But the barometer is, did those words that came onto that page seem exactly the same as all the other thoughts in your head and all the other things that you're thinking about? Normally the answer is no. I remember working with a client many years ago when I still used to do one-on-one -on -one sessions and she was a fantastic person. And um, we did many sessions over the years. She mentored with me. And one of the things she wanted to do was access her higher self. And so I would set her this exercise uh, in between sessions and she, she tried it. Uh, I think I'd asked her to do it every other day for two weeks. And we came back together two weeks later and I said, well, how did it go? And she went, well, I, I mean, you know, I got stuff, but it can't be real. And I said, okay, well, you know, what, what did it say? And she was, <laughs> she was saying, well, it was just saying things like, you're really nice, Susan, you're a really good woman. You have far more to do here on the planet than you think. I mean, it didn't really give me any information and it was just really nice. And I said, okay. And what I relayed to her is what I've learned from my guides. When you first start to channel, you have to calibrate to a higher frequency. And that's what the channeling will do. It will calibrate you to a frequency that is more based in love and higher dimensions, which is very different to what most of us have been trained into, how we're used to, how we run when we're unconscious of things. So what I explained to Susan was the reason that at first she was getting all of these loving sentences was one of the things that we've been working on together was she was really tormented by self-attack. Like, you know, she could be down on herself for hours and it could spiral her into a depression. So I said, just imagine the power of what this is doing for your self-judgment. If you just let your body and your consciousness for two minutes a day send loving words your way and then you have to read them. And what it was doing is it was making her agitated. It was, it was you know, her stomach was firing up. So I could see shamanically that the process was beautiful. But what I also relayed to her is, once you've calibrated with the frequency of that voice, in my experience and with the experience of everybody I've worked with on this and the groups in the rooms, it starts to get more useful. And you start to ask questions that you get more answers to. So for some people, that's there from day one. And for me, that was there for day one. So who knows? Maybe it was all the self-development work I'd been doing for years that had got me to a place of, an, of enough frequency to let that love in for long enough. But don't be too judgmental of what falls out into that page. And, you know, it'd be a bit like picking up a paintbrush tomorrow and expecting to turn into Van Gogh. It, you know, it doesn't work that way. You know, yeah, maybe you have an amazing talent, but even if you turn out to have an amazing talent on, with the canvas, you're going to have to learn the texture of the paint. You're going to have to make some mistakes. So, it's very easy to try channeling once and then go, oh, well, that was nice because Lee forced me to do it, but I'm never doing it again. And what I'm telling you is it's a game changer. And what I love about it, because I, like many people, can be impatient, you only have to do it for two minutes, you know? And then what's cool about that is <laughs> you only have yourself to blame if you're not willing to sit down for two minutes three times a week, because that's a total of six minutes that you, you know, have to step off the Facebook newsfeed or whatever it is you're doing. Or, and, and just to kind of mention the news, you talked about 
the news feed and things that we need right now, one of the things that my intuition has done for me is I now can feel the truth in the news and the lies in the news. And I think that's true for most people. I think this is a time where we're no longer as a community buying into some of the manipulation and the programming that we all just subconsciously bought into. And for me, you know, the following the news stories, you know, I, I like to find the 20% of truth that's in there, but I can smell the lies a mile off now. And I, I didn't know how to see those. And it wasn't just some of the research I've done over the last decade into some of what's going on on the planet, what may or may not be true. It's also heightening your intuition so that you can feel when the frequency is fear-based and manipulative and designed to infect you with fear. And you can feel when the frequency is open or love-based or has the possibility of leading you into a higher or more empowered place. It's interesting because I have noticed right now, it's probably a combination of people getting a little stir-crazy, of people getting a little bit bolder now that the initial fear has subsided. And so people are pushing back against a lot of things. And I have also noticed in my spiritual community, more and more of them are coming up with different theories. And some of them, it almost seems to be adding to the fear. Other ones seem very in touch with it. But now we don't just have just the virus versus like, is it a big deal? We've got all of these different things coming out. What are your thoughts on what is real and what isn't? Does it even matter? Or are we just supposed to figure out like, well, what am I feeling today? And what am I here to learn from it? Or, is, or should we be digging to try to figure out if there's something deeper going on? It's a, it's a great question. And it's a great topic area. And it's a complicated one from my perspective. And I certainly, I totally relate to the overwhelm, the fear that, you know, and, and when I first started looking into, you know, movies like Thrive and Zeitgeist a decade ago, I was very triggered. Um, and it, you know, I think in many ways, especially with the movie Zeitgeist, it took me about a year to recover. And where I stand on all of that stuff now is it's really useful. I, I believe anything is possible. And I really mean that from the bottom of, I believe anything is possible or probable, but I don't know which things are exactly true, which things are hyperbole. The one thing that my guides have said is that one of the things that you have to be careful of, as a, especially as a spiritually open person, is that our fear can be co-opted by darker agendas to help create them. So for example, if we're all focused on a story that says, oh, X, Y, and Z is going to happen, and by 2030, this is how the world's going to look, and the story gives us no other option than to believe that is the only narrative and also incites fear into us. What happens to us is our fear gets activated and we start visualizing this future. So if enough people are panicked about the future that they're visualizing, they're also going to help bring it into fruition. So it doesn't mean you shouldn't look at it, but it means you have to be hyper aware when you look at that stuff what happens to you? And I personally think fear is logical. Like I think there's a, there's, you know, you, you read or look at some of this stuff and if you start to think, oh my God, is that what's going on? Is that, it's, it's kind of horrifying and it, and it wakes you up in a, in a very new way. But then you have to come to a point where you're like, am I so in fear that I'm paralyzed, that I'm paranoid? You know, I, I've, I've had many friends over the years, um, I've had, you know, I've, I mean, I've had a bunch of friends over the years who I've told them, get off the weed if you're going to look at the conspiracy stuff. I'm like, do not mix marijuana and conspiracy stuff because <laughs> I, I can see what it's doing to you and it's, it, you're just yo-yoing. And I'm like, by all means, become a warrior for the conspiracy world, but try and get off smoking the weed every day because you're, you're going you're you're to just destroy yourself. So I think if you are going to be someone who is an advocate for the truth, I think you have to be a real warrior. And I think if you just passively look at things and just keep reading the same horror stories, you've got to ask yourself, what's that doing for you? So I have a brilliant friend who's amazing around 5G and she will send me articles. And I now know how to filter when I get a voice message from her where she is triggered and she's in her fear. 
and when she has gone through her fear and she's now giving me some information and the action steps she and her people are taking around further investigation of 5G and its health implications before you know it just gets spread across the planet and the importance of all of us saying, hang on a second, before you implement this thing, we would just like to check that the planet and human health and animal health is not under fire and what's wrong with asking for that. So I think it's really complex. There's the issue itself and then there's our reaction to the issue. And I think it takes a lot of mastery, a lot of time, a lot of support and being able to talk to people about it. Because as we know, you speak to some people about that and if it's news to them, you sound crazy. And what I have noticed in the news media which is always a good clue. They were just, um, there was an article I read the other day about people burning 5G towers. And what was so interesting about the, this article was it, was it was a complete spin job. So the sentence was something like, deluded and selfish conspiracy theorists have burned down cell towers. So before we even get to what their action is, the article is asking us to see them as deluded and selfish. It's immediately asking us to separate ourselves from them, to see them as something crazy, whereas actually that might not have been what happened. That might not have been their reason. So I think clean reporting when it's reporting facts is great. But as we know with the media, if there is a narrative they want to spin a certain way, you will see a lot of emotionalism in the sentences. You will be asked to feel a certain way about what you're reading. Whereas actually, if you just zoom out and go, well, I don't know why they burned those cell towers down, but the whole article is built around how it has completely screwed over this local hospital. And it's leaning into the fact that now the visitors, the people who want to phone their people in hospital, it's, it's all leaning in on that. It doesn't say, yeah, they're scared because they're worried about human health issues. So it, it kind of takes your attention off the why and puts your attention on, this is why these people are bad and you must think they're crazy. And that's often why with conspiracy theorists, even that term is designed to make us want to ostracize the people who are those voices, want to see them as crazy. And then if we ever start being a conspiracy theorist, we'll, we're crazy too. And so the thing is, it's just so complex right now. And what my guides have said is they've said there are several dark agendas running on the planet. Some of them are in competition with each other. So it's far more chaotic than you think. That's why you can never look at one narrative and think, oh, yes, no one knows what the world is going to look like in 2030. Several people would like to see it look a certain way. But not only, if, this is what my guides say, they say not only are they competing with each other, there are people that, whose names we will never know and whose faces we will never see who are working on behalf of bringing down those agendas behind the scenes. But I, I think for myself as, as a member of the public, I think it's really important to empower people around their own ability to see and think and feel clearly. Because I think when our spirit wakes up again, then we start to be clearer about this stuff. That's why for me, I'm not really, my job right now is not to be a whistleblower on that stuff. If it, if it was, I would be. But that's not my power. That's not my ability. That's not my contribution to the puzzle piece. Um, so it's a very long answer. But it's, yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope that brings some clarity to my position on it. But it's very complex. And I think you have to, you have to keep living for today. And you have to be aware of what's possibly going on. But at the same time, contribute what you can to a more whole, healed planet. And equally, on the days that you are just beside yourself with overwhelm or fear, to the best of your ability, give yourself time to process it. Don't try and do a YouTube video that day, you know, or whatever, or don't try and, you know, do something that's important. Or if you're feeling unstable because of what you're reading and you need to just sit with that to check, is this because it's true or is this because I'm scared it might be true? Just let those feelings work through you because it is a bit of a grief process that you go through when you start realizing that the world is not quite the story that you were told to believe in. You may not know exactly what it is. Some of the things you hear it might be might seem ludicrous, but another part of you goes, yeah, but some of this seems actually quite logical. So I think we're all in a, in a wake-up process. And when I first got into spirituality and they said, after 2012, your world is, this is my guide said, after 2012, your world is going to start to wake up. I never thought it would look like um, 
I, I think back then I never realized it would look quite so human. I thought a wake up meant, oh, everyone's having a metaphysical opening. But I think part of the opening is happening because the disease in our system is beginning to reveal itself. And I also, as I say that, I also want to honor that there's a lot in this system that is helping keep this world afloat and has brought us to where we are. So it's very complex. And I think you have to be careful about being black and white. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. I agree. I feel like what what's a trigger for me, kind of how you said when you're when you can see the manipulation in a news article. One question I've learned to ask myself is, is this trying to make me feel anyway, or is it presenting facts? The more adjectives that are used around things, the more likely I'm going to be realize just obviously this is a biased media source. And so yeah. kind of being going back and forth also between gathering information and wondering if I'm just adding to the fear. I had a conversation with somebody on Facebook because they're in the spiritual community and I was noticing posts every single day about these darker agendas and and I just kind of asked, like, well, what are you adding to right now? I get that you're trying to make more people wake up, but there's certain things that can't be proven yet. So it might be better if you do have the desire to spread information to just say, hey, here's some information. What do you feel? Not 
everyone should be freaking out because of this thing that you can't prove either way. Because to be honest, a lot of these things could be possible. Both sides could be possible. There's certain things like, okay, the Edward Snowden level of conspiracy was a conspiracy before it was revealed. And so you can't just turn your eye to everything. But at the same time, you might want to be careful just spreading it to anybody also because some people might not even be ready for that information and it might, their level of fear that comes out of it might even take away their ability to protect themselves or to grow or it might freeze them into fight, fight or flight or make them feel hopeless for the future. And so I think that there's also an awareness that we need to have about being careful who we share the information with and not just thinking because we blast it out that the world's going to wake up and feel the exact mm -hmm. same way that you do about it. Melissa, so well said. And, and I feel that way about the spiritual teachers that I sometimes see who espouse one storyline about spirituality. They're, maybe their skill is that they had a really powerful awakening and now they share that awakening with everyone else as if it's the only philosophy. I actually think that's dangerous because for me, what I see with a lot of people who are spiritual seekers is they're willing to give their power away to the first powerful, charismatic, or perhaps somewhat helpful spiritual teacher that comes along because they think they know nothing about spirituality. So they surrender all their power. And I've seen a lot of people, um, I've seen a lot of people willing and wanting to spread their story of the truth as if it's the only angle. So I'm always very wary when somebody can't see multidimensionally or you know, equally, I mean, I, you know, we are a world where we use opinion and philosophy and we use those things to grow, but I think we've always got to do it with a container of, and at some point you will outgrow this. And at some point this might take you somewhere else. And I think that's also that level of holistic thinking, feeling, speaking is what's missing in what you're saying about these articles. Cause I too, I mean, the thing is, I remember in 2011, 2010, 2012, 2014, 2015, these things would fly around spiritual communities where they'd go, on March 24th, 2011, you'd all better have three days worth of food. And, you know, and trust me, when these things first started to come around, I would have like friends that I really admired phoning me going, oh my God, you've got to... So I would go, oh, blimey, have I? You know, really? You know, and, and after you've been through enough of those things, <laughs> and, and, and also when you realize that destiny is constantly recreating itself, you know, I think that's really important to understand. And I really, while I know that there are certain destinies and timelines that are somewhat set or somewhat probable and logical, it really is a creation. So actually one of the best things that you can do, I think, around what you just shared with some people go, oh, everyone needs to know this. And they'll in a, in a fear-based way, throw some information at someone's face. That's like telling a three-year-old, you know that all your grandparents and your parents are going to die before you do if you live, you know, how the hell is that child going to process that? So it's, again, it's that same lack of care that you can sometimes see with certain spiritual teachers or healers or anyone who isn't really mindful of how something is landing for the other person. So they're a little energetically unconscious. And, um, you know, wanting to, through their own panic and trauma, scream it from the rooftops. And I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to be one of those people who wants to share the information. But I think you've got to learn to balance yourself. Because if you want to reach a lot of people with that stuff, right now, most of the world is new to some of this thinking. And so you have to be a very loving and insightful teacher around how they can handle that information and when. And because I personally have no doubt, I really feel like 10 years from now, I don't exactly know which elements of disclosure will be in our society, but I can feel there will be several things that are known to our society and very evident to our society that aren't right now. I can just feel that in my bones. And I don't, I, I try and stay open to what that might look like or what that might be rather than thinking I know exactly what it is because life will prove to you time and time again that you never really know. And that's part of the, the beauty of the mystery of life, I think. True. And even considering the fact that a lot of times what I've noticed happens, which I find ironic too, is 
people in the spiritual community will be like, well, there's a, well, they won't even say there's a possibility. A lot of times they say this is happening and this is happening and ID 2021 or whatever it is about Mm -hmm. like all the mass surveillance, all this stuff. And they immediately go to, if everything's in place, this is the worst case scenario is going to happen. We must fight now. At the same time, even back when everything came to light with Edward Snowden and the level of surveillance that they had, that was a lot of people's worst case scenarios. And yes, it wasn't ideal, but not a lot changed for most people when that information was revealed. So even in the worst case scenario, a lot of times the fear that we're stirring isn't quite that. There's just a different level of action that we could be taking, that we could be protecting ourselves at the same time. But so there's a there's one thing to be aware of it. And there's another thing to be freaked out that the world is about to end because that's probably not going to happen. We've always been supported by the universe in the grand scheme of things. Evil hasn't won yet. Maybe in individual scenarios, you could say things, but overall. And so what makes us think that right now would be any different? Yeah. And you've got to stay connected to your spirit in these times. And what your spirit would say to you is that you came here for these times. And that's what the guides are always saying. They're saying you were built for these times. You came for this transitionary period. Many of you are already prepared and ready to help others through this next decade or more um, of big changes. And so, you know, if you, if you keep one foot in spirit, you remember that you could be dead tomorrow. You don't know. None of us know. You know, it's, I could have a sudden heart attack in an hour and everyone would be like, well, that was weird. He was only 43 and he seemed healthy. You know, these things happen all the time. And also this period of history is, is bigger than our individual fear about our own life or our own outcome in why we're here. I think sometimes what I used to do was play out the worst case scenario. And what I realized was, oh, well, if that is the worst case scenario and I can't do anything about it, or I don't know how to do anything about it, how would I feel? How would I be? But it's interesting because every time I did that, not only did I get beyond it, but I also have never, I've never yet in all, you know, in my 16, 17 years of being privy to some of this information. And certainly the last decade is when I've been privy to more of it. I'll put it that way. Um, I have never once seen any of the doom and gloom prophecies, scenarios, date predictions ever play out the way that people's fear would tell me that they're going to play out. And like you said, there are things that are changing on the planet. But I also believe that what the guides have said is that we're in this time of universal consciousness hitting Earth. The Earth is no longer separate from the rest of the universe in the way that they say it's been in a kind of quarantine for, for a long, long time, like thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and that we're coming to a point where we're beginning to understand our position in the universe a bit more. And so the Earth is going through a massive change where it's all going to integrate a bit more. So while I can't sit here and say to you, I know exactly what that's going to look like and I'm just withholding information because I'm not, I've heard them say this in different ways for so many years. And I don't know about you, but as soon as this whole quarantine thing hit, it's, the earth felt different and I could feel different energy and the sky suddenly came alive for a few days in a certain way. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Something, this is quite big. But what I do know to be true is that it's far bigger than any human agenda that we might hear of that's dark. Meaning what they have said is, the low consciousness with which these agendas were created a long, long time ago is having a really hard time pushing it through. It's trying and it's going to try. And, you know, there might be damage and stuff along the way that we are privy to, we may be part of, but they've always said it can't hold because the consciousness is changing on the earth. So, you know, for example, surveillance can always be dismantled or it can be used in a different way in future years. So I think if you are going to play these scenarios out, unless you absolutely know for sure that that's exactly what's going to happen and you can say to me, well, I know it for sure, not just because I'm scared of it, but because I've got this blueprint and I can show you all the probabilities that lead to it, in which case I'm like, okay, great. Then I think it's worth exploring other possibilities that could happen on the way to this probability that you're so afraid of. And perhaps for you, you're not the most skilled non-fear-based whistleblower, but you might be the most amazing 
yoga, wellness, anxiety teacher. And I think it's really important for you to recognize right now that you might think that people need you now. It's only going to get bigger in the next decade. People are going to need wellness tools, wellness methods, so that they learn it for themselves. And that's why I think more and more people are focused a little bit more on wellness, healing arts. More people are wanting to serve that community um, because it's going to be needed. Right. And it's interesting where we are now in this kind of self-isolation period, right? A a (laughs) mandated, like, go home and isolate. Before Mm. this even happened... There was so much loneliness already. We are already naturally disconnecting and isolating ourselves. And what I find really interesting is that now all of a sudden we have this contrast and we're not allowed to go meet up with people for coffee. And we might not have been able, we might not have been prioritizing that anyways. We might not have been prioritizing face-to-face time with grandma. But then all of a sudden, in my family, for example, every Sunday, all of us are getting on a Zoom where before we were mm-hmm. only ever seeing each other on Easter and Christmas, other than I would yeah. visit my mom, I call my cousins and whatever. But as a whole, we weren't connecting that way. And now that's a priority. Yeah. And so it's interesting too, because I believe in divine design of things. And so even if the worst case conspiracy theory were true, another part of me believes, the optimistic side of me believes, there's divine design to everything. What if they are that agenda is being used to provide the contrast for us to create the specific situation that our specific souls are meant to move through, that our specific souls are meant to grow from and reprioritize our lives in this way. And in one of your recent videos, uh, I think it was your April update, you were talking about how right now we might be experiencing low lows, but we also might be experiencing high highs. And I had just come out from my first low low of this, which was lower than I expected it to be. And I I was like, I am not used to feeling this way. And then all of a sudden afterwards, I was like, I was walking in the grass with my feet in the grass as you were saying this. And you were talking about how, you know, to be ground yourself too. And I was like, oh, how fitting. I'm actually grounding myself on purpose while he's saying this, but uh, talking about the high highs. And so it's like, what if even this instant is this moment to provide this contrast in our lives to help us reprioritize in the future or to help us elevate our consciousness. Totally. I love everything you just said. I, so I, you know, I think that's the, I think that's one of the weirdest things and the greatest things about being human. (laughs) It's like, it's like, here you go. Here's this high, low roller coaster that you need the highs, you need the lows. The contrast is part of the whole thing. And, And it's interesting what you shared about things that we perhaps can't do anymore that we now miss, that we maybe weren't prioritizing. I am interested in the fact that for me, this is true. And for most of the people I've spoken to, and I know like a wide variety of people. I know people who are really on the front lines right now. I know people who are doing everything they can to help because they're comfortable enough that they can. And then I know people who are really impacted financially and, you know, the whole, the whole gamut. But every single one of them that I've had, even just a brief conversation with, has said something along the lines of, I'm also realizing there was this thing I used to do or make happen that I don't miss. So it's, it's kind of both sides. It's like there's, there's the things that we realize now we can't access them that we really valued and perhaps we didn't appreciate them or make them happen enough. But equally, there are things that I think all of us were perhaps a little more headless around. Like, so for me, it was travel. I love doing our live events. I really, you know, I love being live with people in the room and travel is very disruptive to my sense of balance and grounding. And I realized because I've gone around the world doing workshops for like 15 years, it was just normal to me to think, yeah, you're going to be on a plane at least every month and gone for four days to a week or sometimes longer. And I suddenly through this, I'm like, oh God, this is good for me. Like being home and staying in a routine and, you know, my nutrition, my exercise, all that stuff stays balanced in a way that's harder for me to maintain when I'm on the road. So, you know, that's my version of it. But for other people, I've heard all kinds of different things. Like my friend was like, wow, this is great. We're not spending as much money on the kids because we're not going out every weekend and we're at home and we're doing things and they're enjoying it. So I think it's a, it's a really, that's why I think this is just far bigger than any one conspiracy theory or any one spiritual belief 
can ever wrap itself around what's going on right now. It's pretty massive. And I remember when I did the I did a kind of what I felt was an emergency energy update, the mid-month March one, which is coronavirus, I think I called it. And I just felt like I had to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was a bit uncomfortable doing it, but I felt like I had to. And um, there was something that was said at the end of that that directly came from my guides because I take the headlines or the themes from them and then I flesh out what they're elaborating when I speak to the camera. They said, this is... going to be a great reveal from this. And it's going to take nine to 12 months for all of us to fully understand or at least begin to fully understand exactly what's going on right here. And um, that feels really true to me, Um, which is why anybody who tells me exactly what's going on right now, and that's what they've decided, I'm like, great, that's a really interesting possible thing that is trying to make itself happen right now. And we will see because there's there's a chaos at work right now that is affecting agendas as well as people's human emotions. And I think the brilliant thing about the fact that we as a human society are having more people open their eyes to things and go, oh, hang on a second. I'd just like to investigate this before we all agree to sign it into law. I think that rise in consciousness is vital for this time. If we didn't have these discussions, if this stuff wasn't going round, if more people weren't beginning to go, hmm, not sure I fully trust the media anymore, then how can we possibly reinvent and reinfuse the world that we live in? I don't know many people who want to just lie down, you know, and let their life and this world get steamrolled even if they feel a bit tired, you know, at some point they're going to get up and try and do something to, to be part of that change. And, you know, the guides have always said, when it comes to your fears of governments or conspiracies, your biggest problem as human beings is you forget how powerful you are. And that's the very reason that certain factions would want to dumb you down. And they also always say, also remember that you don't want to make any system or group universal, meaning there may be a few bad seeds in a group of 30, but the other 27 might be completely blind to what those bad seeds are doing. They may be unconscious. They may be... So it's really important too to try and remember the humanity that exists in 99% of people, the, the heart energy that exists. Because if you start to panic about this big dark world outside you, then you may as well just isolate yourself and wither away. But if you realize, well, hang on a second, the world's still moving, the world's still alive, it's still creating itself. So if this is a shadow side that I don't want to see, what can I do to add to light, to add to empowerment? Because really, that's all we can do. We're one jigsaw piece. And sure, we can have a global conversation, but what we can bring on a daily basis is really the best way that we can help contribute to the light on the planet while we, like everyone else, are dealing with our own human stuff and clearing out our own shadow and going, oh, that's a limited belief that I can let go of now. You know, we're all, we're all healing here. Yeah, what came up for me is really trying to be aware of when you hear things, what's true for me in this? What am I feeling? And then what energy am I adding because of it? Because even if we are sharing what we believe or sharing an agenda that we think we're, we all of a sudden was revealed to us, What's your agenda in doing that? Getting everyone to take your side because what you might be doing is adding to the negative energy, which just makes things worse. We are all here on our own journeys. And it's like how when I can read a book today and then I read a book in 10 years, the exact same book, and I hear totally different messages from it because a different layer was revealed (laughs) at that moment. So it's the same reason why. I can hear something and it might penetrate my soul and I feel like I need to take action on it right now where you tell somebody else and they're just doing that long, slow blink. Like they're not even (laughs) open to hearing that stuff. And so just be aware of how is this making me feel right now? And now when I'm taking action, what energy am I creating from? Because I'm a believer that if I am in like this negative spiral and then I start creating and putting stuff out there, whether it's on social media, whether I'm doing a podcast and I'm super angry or super scared, like that's going to spread that energy that it's coming from. So I think it's so important first to take stuff in, sit with it for a little bit, Feel what it's creating in you. And then even if it is something scary, even if it is something that you're like, okay, I think I need to share this, 
get yourself back to a place of groundedness or to a place of calm or to a place of of inspiration before you share it because it's going to change the way that that information comes across to other people as well. Hallelujah, baby. I, I could, yeah, it's beautifully said. Yeah, totally. And I remember, you know, I had a lot of activist friends. I was not much of a rebel externally as a kid. I was an interior rebel, but I was not an exterior rebel. In, as an exterior kid, I was like, you know, a bit more compliant and a bit more like, you know, what I, so I loved the rebels at school. <laughs> like, you know, I gravitated, I gravitated towards like the rebellious ones. And, um, what I learned, because many of them were activists, especially, you know, like, you know, friends I had in my early 20s, and I always so admired them for their activism and for standing for what they believed in. But now I'm a bit older and I understand energy a bit more and how it works. I can remember the ones that were the most effective because they were able to take their anger and channel it into a kind of brilliant activism that magnetized others. And equally, I remember the ones who couldn't understand why their activism wasn't working because they hadn't understood that they were using anger as activism, which of course was repelling everybody. And that's what I mean. I think if you're really dedicated to something, if you feel like you have a mission, figure out how to balance your energy in that mission in a way that that mission can reach more people if more people is your, is your goal. But don't assume that other people want to be whacked over the head with your emotions because your emotions are yours. And the people who resonate with your emotions might follow you. But then if your emotions change or their emotions change, you're going to have to break up. But if you use your emotions and use yourself to fuel something bigger than you in a, in a, in a good way, I think that's when the most effective, you know, I'll... I can listen to out for hours of an activist um, who is like peaceful, well thought out, that you can feel they're, they're fiery. And that's brilliant because that fire is driving them. But they're more concerned with their mess, their, mess, their kind of the effectiveness of their mission than they are the effectiveness that other people hear how upset they are. Mm. And I think that's a real key. And I think that also kind of circles back to some of the conspiracy stuff that we were talking about earlier you can see when someone's triggered and they're still processing their trigger around the information when they share it. So unfortunately, the information becomes coated in their emotional reaction. But when they're through their emotional reaction and they can present it in a way that's a little more, not even, I don't even want to say even or balanced because someone with a bit of fire can be great. I think it's more space for you to be a part of the emotional reaction as well. They might be fiery, but they may also have some humor. They may also have some real wisdom that those two, the humor and the wisdom then become the two things that you can connect into and that invite you in. While the fire is just that nice little cooking spicy bit that you also resonate with. But if you just hear from somebody who's angry, most people want to back away and recoil because there's no invitation for them to be in that energy. Yeah. And it's just reminding me of how important it is, especially right now to curate the energy that you're allowing into your life. And I want to thank you for being one of that, one of those sources for me on Facebook. I have, I follow you on Facebook and it's a see first type thing because I want to, I'm very intentional about what information I'm allowing in right now so that I can go through this crazy time and still keep my vibes up and still be able to create and still live my purpose here on earth. So for people that are really resonating with you and want to connect with you more, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Um, so my website is leeharrisenergy.com. And that is where you'll find everything I do. Um, we have lots of free videos, free resources. Um, we also have some online courses, um, recordings, and I have my members community, which is called The Portal. So every month, the portal members receive, we have about seven or eight different wellness tools um, every month, including a live broadcast from me, a, a full channeled MP3 message that's fully scored um, by Davor Bozik, who is the composer I work with in Slovenia, who produces all of the channeled work. So yeah, um, Facebook and YouTube, uh, you can find through my website, leeharrisenergy.com. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 134. And first, I want to remind you guys to check your sources. 
Again, there's a lot of theories out there, and when somebody lays out all of the details of a story, it's almost hard to think, oh, maybe that's not true at all. Especially if there's coincidental things that are tying it to one event or another person or what have you. But check the sources. Also, if there's penis enlargement ads on the site, it might not be the most reputable information. At the same time, don't just accept things because that's the information we're given. I honestly believe we are rarely given the full story. And sometimes I feel as though it's in my best interest to take action on this, to rise up, to band together. Other times I realize that focusing on all that isn't doing myself any good. Maybe it's possible to look at the big picture and then zoom back into the present moment and decide what can I do right now that's going to raise my own energy. What am I going to do with this information? Am I going to spread fear or am I going to just make a lifestyle change based on what I know or think I know? Maybe you feel called to spread information that you think you know. But I'll also warn you that you need to meet people where they are. If you start spreading something that maybe even does have a ton of truth in it, but you're sharing it with people that just aren't ready to hear it, you're actually going to strengthen the divide between you guys. It's going to turn people off from possibly even accessing a level of spirituality that they may have been open to if they didn't start thinking you were crazy right off the bat. So again, sometimes it just takes an extra level of discernment. And guess what? There's no right or wrong answer here, but this is a really good challenge in connecting more deeply with yourself, what you want to be known for, what type of energy you want to spread, how you want to make people feel when they leave a conversation with you. All of these things matter too. So if you found this episode helpful, or you know the exact perfect person that needs to hear it, please share it. You can press the little share button or take a screenshot and tag Mind Love Melissa and Mind Love Podcast and Lee Harris Energy. If you love Mind Love, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. It's really helpful for me to entice more amazing guests like Lee to come on the show and share their wisdom with us. And if you extra love Mind Love, please consider becoming a member. I make my living from this, and I will tell you that this event cause a major disrupt into my income sources. So it was just another reminder about how we can't always rely on platforms or sources outside of what we're creating on our own, because it might just be disrupted all at once. So the membership portal is where we all connect together. It's where you're in my inner circle, where you get extra content, exclusive episodes, ad-free episodes, early releases, and meditations. So I would love to see you there. Thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 